Since the early 1980s, hard-hitting bands such as Petra, Striper, White Cross, and Bloodgood would forever change the boundaries of Christian music. The Rock That Makes Me Roll podcast brings commentary, analysis, and guest speakers from today's and yesterday's top artists and bands. Now, Podbean.com brings you The Rock That Makes Me Roll podcast with your host, Sean Fagan. He's the rock.
Welcome to the Rock That Makes Me Roll podcast. My name is Sean Fagan and I am your host for this podcast. I try to bring you a podcast at least twice a month, sometimes more, just depending on what's going on in my busy life right at the moment. But my attention is now currently, for the most part, 75 to 80% focused on this podcast and making it better, making myself better for this podcast, getting the interviews that will interest you, and trying to just bring you the information from these talented artists that are in the Christian world. So with that being said, you can check out my podcast, The Rock That Makes Me Roll, on iTunes. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And I also have a website. I'm about a week away from launching that website and probably will give you more information on that website during the next podcast is the plan. And I have to say that the next podcast I am extremely excited about, as I am with all of them, but really this next one hits home. It is a long-time uh, musician that I have admired, respected, and looked up to for a long time. You all, I'm sure, are going to know who this is as soon as it's posted here in the next week or two. So be looking for that. I'm sure you're going to be excited about that. You'll probably be as excited, if not more, than I am. So keep an eye out for that podcast, okay? So in the process of getting ready for this podcast, I had some time to reflect on some different articles I read, and also I had a chance to talk with a couple musicians and, and hear a couple interviews from, from musicians that really got me thinking about something. And so I'm, I just wanted to spend a few minutes talking about that today before we bring you Jason Fowler. Uh, the one thing that has really been bugging me here in the last couple weeks is the fact that it feels like the Christian rock and heavy metal music that I grew up with and that so many people that are in the rock and heavy metal world grew up with is slowly fading away. And that is the last thing on the planet that I want to see happen. I know there is a big push in the secular world to bring back the rock and heavy metal, and they seem to be doing a pretty good job of it. Uh, because of the music industry being the way it is, it makes it more difficult for some of these bands, especially the guys that have been around a while and have, have tasted the, the success of, of being in, in a band that uh, in the past had record companies and, and um, uh, distributors that they worked with that really pushed their records. You know, Nowadays, with the digital world, the record sales are down. And because of that, a lot of these bands have trouble making it. So I guess what I want to say to all of you out there that listen to this, I committed this podcast initially and still do to the rock and heavy metal um, genre of music that's out there. And I have not backed off of that. That is still my plan. I have a whole list of guests that... I'm going to have on here in the near future and for years to come, hopefully. But I also want to let you know that there will be times when I have uh, other types of genre on here, and I'm perfectly fine with that because I want to help out any artists that I can. So 
But with that being said, my focus is on the heavy metal and rock. And the reason for that, like I said, is because I want to promote them. I want that music back out there. And what you can do as listeners is be sure to support any of the rock and heavy metal bands that are out there. It doesn't have to be the ones you grew up with. Check out some of the newer bands. Random Hero that I have done an interview with on here, they are out of this world. And I am I am proud to say that I'm, I'm one small part of helping them get out there and, and get their music out. There are many, many other bands out there. Tourniquet, Red, uh, Skillet even. Support these bands. Go see their shows. Buy their music. Keep them going because without you, they aren't going to be able to succeed. And quite honestly, if you're downloading the music or streaming the music, they aren't going to be able to put food on their plates. and They're not going to be able to take care of their families or keep a roof over their head. So we need to be vigilant in purchasing their music. And... You know, I I try to purchase as much as I can from as many different bands as I can. One example that I just found just literally an hour ago before I started recording this, there is going to be a Rocktober concert, it's called, in Indianapolis, Indiana. And the bands that are lining up for this, I don't even know all of them yet, the three that caught my attention right off the bat, in one venue, the same concert, you can go see them all, White Cross, Petra, the new Petra with John Schlitt, and also Striper, Striper's headlining, with their 30-year To Hell with the Devil anniversary tour. There are at least three other bands, and I don't recall their names right off the top of my head, and I didn't really get a chance to jump in there and look. I happened to see this on Facebook before I got on. You can check out my personal Facebook page. It's Sean Fagan, and you can find me on there, and I have forwarded that. I am linking that to the podcast Facebook page so that we can start forwarding that information along on the Facebook page itself. So I am excited about all this. I want you guys to be excited. I need all of us to team together, and we need to keep these bands coming. We need to go and support their shows. You know what? If no one shows up to their shows and they're not able to make any money doing the shows, they're going to drop out and quit. And if you guys want that, then don't come. But if you want to continue to see these bands and you want to continue to rock and roll... I think we need to be supporting them. The other thing that I found very interesting, and I've heard a couple people talking about this recently, is the fact that so many of the Christian bands, the the heavy metal and rock bands, at least back in the day, and, and a lot of them now today, even like Skillet, their sole purpose is to reach those that are lost. And right now, there seems to be this law... In Christian music, there seems to be this overwhelming need to sing praise and worship songs. And I don't have a problem with praise and worship songs, but that's what's taking over the Christian industry right now. That seems to be the push right now. And quite honestly, I think if we went back to the grassroots of we're forming this band not to conform to the church 
but to conform to what's outside the church, which Jesus told us to go do. He told us to go out and teach the gospel, go out and preach the gospel, present the gospel to those in places that you wouldn't normally go. I really believe with all of my heart that the Christian and uh, rock and heavy metal music would make a comeback because that's what people in the world are listening to. And it doesn't mean that they're of the world. That means that they're presenting the music with a Christian message, with a positive Christian message, just like Skillet does. And I'm sick to death of seeing Christians in the church, people that call themselves Christians, standing there judging other Christians who are trying to do what God actually commanded them to do, and they stand there and they criticize them and they put them down and they judge them and tell them that they are of the devil because of a certain type of music. I think it's ridiculous. I think we need to stand behind these bands and I think we need to support them because, quite honestly, most of these bands are the ones that are out there in the world making a difference. And I can give you one example. Brian the Head Welch of the band Corn, that was really heavy into drugs and alcohol, changed his life around, gave his life to Jesus, has been down this miraculous path, and is now back with the band Corn, witnessing to them and spending time witnessing to other people. And I have seen videos of this man. You can go to YouTube and see videos of this man in places that most Christian people within the church would not step foot. And he is out there in the trenches, and he is sincerely working toward trying to save every soul that he can save. He's out there praying with everybody he can pray with. And I'm telling you, you know what? There's not one of us, not one of us that's a perfect uh, person of God. We all try to be. We all work at it. But I'm telling you, this man has a heart of gold, and he is doing everything he can. And this is just one example. you got Striper out there that have been nothing but criticized by a lot of the Christian community for years now because of how they looked or how they sounded. Or they totally miss the point. They totally miss the point that they're out there witnessing to people, and they're living their lives as a model to other people. And people miss that. And I guess that's what my rant and my rage is about today. I I want everyone to see this for what it is. So, sincerely, if you get a chance to support a rock and heavy metal band, get there. Tickets are generally not that expensive, 20 bucks. Just don't go out to eat one day. Go see them. I strongly, strongly encourage people to do this, okay? So I'm done with my rant for today. Right now, I want to talk a little bit about my special guest, Mr. Jason Fowler. Great guy, sincere guy. One of these guys that has the same kind of testimony as a lot of rockers out there. Jason had uh, pretty much... Um, turned his life around from alcohol and and drugs and living on the street and being homeless to finding out the joy and the peace that Jesus brings to your life. And I am super excited to have him on this podcast today. He was very, very gracious and a very nice guy. And the story of his life and how he got to where he's at is phenomenal. He is not only a solo artist with two albums under his belt, plus 
he was in a secular band for quite some time before he got kicked out of that because of the drugs and alcohol, a rock band. And then he, uh, like I said, had his two albums. And then he's also now playing guitar for the Union of Sinners and Saints, which uh, is another rockin' album with John Schlitt and Billy Smiley. And I... I just uh, I, I just had a great time talking to this guy. I hope you guys enjoy this interview as much as I did doing it. Right now, I'm going to bring to you Mr. Jason Fowler. The Rock That Makes Me Roll Podcast.
The Rock That Makes Me Roll podcast. All right, my man. <laughs> this is Sean. I'm here with Mr. Jason Fowler, and uh, it's an honor, sir, to be talking with you. Greatly appreciate the time that you're uh, spending with me right now. Well, I'm so glad to be here with you, Sean, and uh, you have the rock that makes me roll, and I'm really, really grateful to be on your show. It looks like uh, you have a lot going on. you got a lot on your plate right now, and uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about some of your projects you have going on, and then, uh, you know, on for people that don't know you or don't know of you, you know, get a chance to kind of get to know you, go from there. How's that sound? That sounds great. So it looks like you have a brand new album out. It's called I Fall In. Can you tell us a little bit about the new album? The new album actually is uh, it's a collection of prayers and devotions, but I come from a real rock and roll background and uh, used to play secular music uh, a lot and grew up in rock and roll. And the album is a, it's a worship album, but it's more, it leans more towards the rock but at the same time, it goes in deep into the Word. And so it's more, um, like I said, a, a, a set of prayers and devotions. And I got together with Billy Smiley, and Billy Smiley was one of the founding members of the band Whiteheart. One of my and, favorite all-time bands right there. <laughs> mm. They had some great music. And uh, so I got, uh, on my second solo record, I actually uh, worked went up to Nashville for a showcase and uh, met Billy, and uh, he saw me play some of my material from my first record, which is called Letters from the Inside. And I actually, that was produced by Jason Horde, who played uh, with Third Day and produced a lot of different people. But when Billy heard it, he, uh, he and I talked, and he said, I'd love to do a record with you. And so we talked about it and um it ended up happening we recorded at dark horse studios in nashville and um i'm really really excited for it It just came out this past may 13th and uh i've been traveling around playing a lot of shows and festivals and playing a lot of the songs from the record as well as getting some some radio play and it's been going well I like a lot of the songs on the album. I've had a chance to listen through it a couple times and really like it. So uh, uh, kudos, man. <laughs> thank you very much. I appreciate it, Sean. All right. So uh, the previous album that you had, you had an album called Letters from the Inside. And that album kind of told a story about yourself. Uh, had a lot of really good music on that album also. Can you tell us a little bit about that album, uh, a little bit more in-depth than what I just said? Absolutely. Uh, like I said, uh, starting out with the interview, I, I played uh, in the secular world music for a long time. I started playing guitar when I was 16 years old. My uncle had played guitar, my dad sang. My uh, other uncle, his brother, played piano, and I grew up in a going over to grandmother's house and we would sit around and they would play piano and, and dobro and everything from the Almond Brothers to some go- old gospel songs to, you know, rock and roll, whatever we would come up. And I just grew up listening to that. And then I started playing guitar and I, I really, really got um, involved in wanting to start a band. I was always in sports when I was younger. And um, from there, I kind of transitioned into the uh playing music and playing guitar 
And one day I was in a in a practice session with guitar, and a, a band said, "Hey, we'd like for you to come and try out." And so uh, they said, "But we want you to try to sing too." And so I ended up trying to sing, and next thing I know, they had me as their singer. And from then, I continued to play music, and I got involved in in a lot that comes with the rock and roll. You know, I grew up in a in a home that. My dad was an alcoholic. He's been sober over 20 years now, thank God. And it's amazing uh, what God's done in his life. But for me, when I was younger, I said, I'm never going to drink. I'm never going to do any of this. But when I got into a situation to where one of my friends and his older brother went out, and they said, hey, you want to come and hang out with us? And I was a teenager at the time, and I said, sure, I'd love to. And they were drinking beer, and I just wanted to fit in, and i I said I'd never do it, but I ended up doing it, and uh, from that point, I got sick and in trouble the first time I drank, and I said to myself, though, the next day, I said, I'm going to do that again, because it made me feel like I had liquid courage, I was, I felt like I was better looking, I felt like I could dance, I felt like girls liked me better, and so, even though I said I'd never do it, I ended up starting to do it, drink, and then it developed once I started playing in more bands into into drugs, and I just got really involved in that. I ended up doing pretty well with the music on the secular side. I ended up um, playing in a band called uh, Ultraphonic, and we got a little record deal. It was a pretty amazing story because we put a couple of songs on the Internet, and there was a record label called GarageBand.com at the time, and a couple of times a year they would have um, a winner, people would vote on them as well as they had uh, judges, big producers like Bob Rock and Brian Eno and, and different um, producers in the field would judge them as well as uh, voters would call in and we ended up winning. We won a quarter million dollar record deal and went into Muscle Shoals, Alabama, which is, if you've ever heard of that song, Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, definitely. About <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Muscle Shoals has got the Swampers. Yes. And so uh, I met those guys and David Hood, and, you know, uh, they have recorded so many different bands. They've been in the rhythm section for Aretha Franklin. You know, they, they recorded uh, Rolling Stones, uh, Bob Seger. A lot of different albums were recorded uh, down there. So I thought that when I was younger... And I started playing in bands. I said, if I can get a record deal, everything's going to be okay. The problem was, is I was searching for this love that was only designed for God. And, you know, what I mean by that is in all of us, we have this place inside of us that desires to be loved, but it's by my God, you know. And I, right. I never realized that until I got to this place where I was... Um, I had this record deal. I had a big drug and alcohol habit. All of my uh, relationships were falling apart. Even though I had the record deal, I thought I had was gonna, you know, everything was gonna be okay. But what had happened at that point is um, the record label sold out to Microsoft when they were buying up a lot of the internet companies, and the record was shelved. My life was in shambles, and my relationships were in shambles. And I looked at myself, and I was like, how did I get here? How did I get to this place? I started becoming that person I never wanted to be, and I ended up homeless. Mm. Um, I ended up homeless in Atlanta, and 
there are a lot of more details in there, but what ultimately happened is uh, I got to a place to where I said, God, whoever you are, whatever you are, please help me out because I can't do this. And I was raised in a Christian family and, and everything, but when you're out there and have nowhere to go, and like I was, I was completely homeless, I was actually kicked out of a drug dealer's house, wow. and I had been running running and homeless for like over a year and uh, trying to fill up everything inside of me with that love that was designed for Jesus. I finally asked him, I finally surrendered, and I said, please help me, and I meant it with everything that I had. And um, the next thing I know, I'm, I talked to my mother who's an angel, <laughs> my dad who had been sober for a while. He said he knew that I had to find a place to where I was willing to to change and surrender to uh, to Jesus. And and at that point in my life, I ended up in a rehab facility in Athens, Georgia. Um, the amazing thing is, is I uh, I started really getting a a way of life, a way of directions that were that came from the Beatitudes out of the Bible. It is pretty much directions for all of us. And and I realized that after I'd been sober for about six months, that 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 love that I was searching for was really from God. And I asked Him into my heart, asked Jesus in my heart, and and I said, just use me in whatever you, way you want to, because I'm here. I'm yours. You saved my life. And He started making my life like a country song backwards. I started getting things back instead of losing things. I started getting a, a relationship with my family. I started getting a relationship with uh, my friends. I started getting a relationship with uh, with myself. And I started becoming that kid that I wanted to be when I was younger before I started drinking. And I owe a lot of that to Celebrate Recovery, which is a 12-step program, cross-based 12-step program. But my first record came out of all of this. And when I say my first record, I call it my my first solo, my first true record, because I think that people can really sense the truth in, in music. When you're listening to music, you can, no matter what style it is, you can really feel it if it if it comes from the truth. And that's where Letters from the Inside came from. It was my story of being lost and hopeless and searching for love in all the wrong places and finding it ultimately through through God and through Jesus, through everything in my life that I had tried, it came to a, a place to where I had to write all these down in songs. My wife says, uh, if you're playing music for anything other than Jesus, you're just making a bunch of noise. And I felt that in my heart. I felt like, you know what? God's given me this talent. He saved my life, and I really need to help others through this music. And so I wrote down a lot of the songs on Letters from the Inside as a chronicle, as a um, kind of a timeline of where I was and what happened in the redemption. We actually um, started playing some shows called Rock Recovery and Redemption with a couple of friends of mine. One of them was in Collective Soul, and he shares a very similar story. And uh, so that's where Letters from the Inside came from. Awesome. Now, you were talking about your life. You were talking about... Uh, you were heavy into sports. One one little thing that I found very interesting that uh, I didn't know about you was at one point in time, you almost made it into Olympic skating. Is that correct? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that is, 
very true. I, when I was 16, um, I had been skating for about seven years and competing um, amateur. We would go to uh, a Southern Regional Championship. There were seven states in the Southern United States. The championship would then encompass the rest of the United States, and they would come together if you placed at the Southern Regional Championship. And I had always wanted to uh, place. I just never really had that confidence to do so uh, on my own. And I ended up going into a uh, a place where the Braves, when they were winning the World Series, they went to the sports psychologist. And my mother, um, you know, she saw that I had the talent to do it, but I just didn't really believe in myself. And he uh, kind of took me through to where... I envisioned myself going through the race, and then I envisioned myself winning the race. Mm-hmm. And he actually used this thing called an anchor. He said, look, I want you to squeeze your hand when, when I was going through the race winning. He said, I want you to squeeze your hand, and whenever you feel like you've given everything that you've got and you can't give any more, I want you to squeeze your hand. That is called your anchor. And I ended up winning that year. The thing was is um, one of the things that, I look back on it now as I developed a lot of performance-based acceptance. And what that mean by that is the better that I did in sports and different things, the more that I felt that I got loved. Yeah. And so with that, I relied on a lot of myself in order to get that power to do these things that, that I believe that, that God has the power. He's the one that has all the power, you know, and, the best that I ever did got me out there on the streets. And so, right. yeah, I did. I, I, to make a long story short, I went into, um, I went and won, after I went to that sports psychologist, I won the Southern Regional Championship and went up to nationals and uh, went to the Olympic Training Center. And the, at that time, the speed skating that I did, which was uh, inline and quad speed skating, it was actually outdoors and it was only in the world game and Pan Am game. But uh, I think around that time is when I started playing music. And uh, I went back and won the Southern Regional Championship again a couple of years later. But by that time, I had really started just playing more music. And so that went by the wayside. <laughs> That's really interesting. <laughs> I, I got to check. I know. Who, who would have ever thought that... Uh, I, I'm thinking back now on it, and it's amazing to me that I ever even got to that place, you know? Right, yeah, exactly. So let's back up just a hair here, and let's go back to your new album. Um, who all, I saw a whole list of people that you had come in and kind of, um, uh, you know, have cameos throughout the album. Um, can can you talk a little bit about that a little further? Yeah, absolutely. Um we had a lot of really, really talented players. Talking about Billy Smiley and Whiteheart, we also had Anthony Salee, who was in Whiteheart, played bass on a lot of tunes. Uh, Jonathan Crone um, produced, well, not produced, but actually engineered and played a lot of guitar on that. And he currently plays with, with me in another band, which we'll probably talk about in a minute. But some of the people that really stand out on there are uh, Lee Nash, and she was the singer for Sixpence None the Richer. And she sang with me on a song called Family, which is on the new record. And I just, I love her voice, and she just has a very distinct talent. 
and uh, really shines in the song called Family. Another one is, um, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of Jillian Edwards, but she plays, or she sings and plays guitar as a solo Americana um, artist, but she sang on the song Broken Vessels. Yeah, I have not heard of her. You haven't? She's, She's really, 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 really good, really talented. I love what she did on Broken Vessels. And uh, she's actually toured with John Foreman with his solo stuff from Switchfoot. And so she's really talented, as well as my aunt, Joy. My aunt, Joy Waters, sang on the title track. Wow. I fall in. Yeah. It was really uh, awesome to have her in there because she's uh, married to my uncle that actually plays piano and uh, leads worship in Atlanta and. So we had her. She's just got a, a powerhouse set of pipes. She's just really phenomenal and um, brings a lot to that song as well. That's cool. Now you, the, I'm sorry. I was going to say, you guys uh, lead worship uh, at your church in uh, Atlanta also, don't you? Yeah, we did uh, for over three years. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah. And, you know, with with the traveling around and everything right now, I'm not able to, to do as much, but... Uh, right. We started a church in Atlanta, right in the heart of Atlanta, actually, called Refuge City Church, and uh, it was really on the, the front lines of of worship and also, you know, getting the message out there, because we actually planted it right in a place where I think Jesus would have been, <laughs> because it's, it's right in the middle of a very artsy and... Um, very it dark at times places because uh you know there's all types of people and all types of people that are really um searching excuse me one second she's actually uh the the place that I'm talking about in little five points is um a place that I used to frequent a lot when I partied a lot and and there are all types of people that are out there that are searching for that love that I was searching for, and I'm so grateful to be able to go back with a new life and a new creation to be able to bring that message of redemption to others. So the area that uh, the church is in is, like you said, an area that um, definitely needs to hear about the Word of God then. Yeah, I, I would say that we all need to hear that. But I think that uh, sometimes being on the front line right. of life change for me is because I was so close to the, you know, the other side. I, I remember feeling lost and hopeless. Right. And sometimes when you have people that have been there and you share those experiences with them, then all of a sudden they see that there is a there is hope. You know, there is right. hope Jesus. Yeah. Right. Okay. So. I gotta ask, how's what's it like working with Billy? I've heard a lot of good stuff about him as a producer. Oh, uh, Billy is is amazing. He is one of those type of people that he really searches to find what you're looking for in the song, as well as adds an element to things that that makes it better than it was by itself. You know and with his experience, he has just a wonderful ear. He's written so many different songs and worked with so many different people. 
just to watch him work and to be around him. It's really inspiring. It's so inspiring that um, that I, he actually, when he asked me to play in this other band that he's in, um, the Union of Sinners and Saints, I was pretty much blown away because not only does Billy play in the Union of Sinners and Saints, but we have another famous singer from a band you may have heard of called Petra. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were going wanted to talk to you about this, the Union of Sinners and Saints. Um, it one of my new favorite albums of of this year, uh, and I was stoked to actually see you being a part of that too. So, talk to me a little bit more about being in the group and what it's like touring with them, and what all it's brought to you. And well, sort of the um, working with Billy was just an amazing amazing time and when we got through with the record we were about to release it and um, he said you know what love your style love your soul I love how you rock out <laughs> <laughs> I'd love for you to play guitar and sing and maybe write a couple of tunes with uh, this new band that I have which is kind of a, a smash up it's a union it's called the Union of Sinners and Saints between Petra and Whiteheart so we have several Whiteheart uh, gentlemen that have Anthony Salee who plays bass. Um, we have John Knox who plays drums. We have Billy Smiley. We have Jonathan Crone who mixed um, and uh, played some guitar on my record as a Nashville session player as well and engineer and producer. And Billy said, you know, we've got this singer that uh, you may have heard of. His name's John Schlitt from uh, Petra. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I said, absolutely. This is going to be great. And, uh, you know, he, all of the guys are just their characters. And, you know, to be a part of a band that actually were pioneers of a lot of today's Christian rock, you know, it, it's pretty phenomenal for me to be a part of it. And I was humbled and excited for them to ask me to be a part of it. So we've been traveling around the States. We've been uh, actually in Canada a couple of weeks back. We've been playing a lot of shows. We, we play a selection of Whiteheart tunes, a selection of um, Petra tunes, as well as a couple of songs that are new off of our new record called The Union of Sinners and Saints. Um, one of the songs we did a video for is called Rise Up, and I actually co-wrote that with Billy. And so um, look for more from us. We're actually going to be touring around. I think we're playing in Virginia coming up in October, and we should be playing some more dates in the future. So if you want us to play in your area, let us know. Oh, man, I'd love to have you guys up in our area. I'll have to get with you and find out what all's entailed in that, you know, because uh, that's definitely – I. you guys haven't been close enough to me to catch you yet, but when you're here, I will be looking you up. <laughs> So you definitely hit us up. We'll we'll uh, we'll get you backstage and all that. All right, man, that's awesome. Well, you know, I really appreciate all the time that you spent with me today. Uh, one thing I always like to do with any artist that I interview is I like to uh, give them an opportunity at the end just to kind of say what's on your mind and on your heart for anyone out there listening. Well, one thing I forgot to say, which is uh, on my new single, mm -hmm. um, you give me a reason that Peter Furler from the Newsboys played drums and sang. Oh, wow. And uh, he's a great chap. But, you know, there's such a difference to me today in playing music when I was talking about the truth and talking about the purpose 
talking about the things in life that I was searching for, you know, all I had to do is to look up, you know, and, and a lot of those things were, were right there for me and I never really realized it. So a lot of times when we're searching for that love, we're searching in the places that ultimately are going to end up failing us. For me and for anyone else out there that may be searching to find that hope, to find that love, to find that grace, you know, there is a way. There is one way, and that's through Jesus. And I'm so grateful that um, he saved me in a way that he can save anyone. He has that all power. And, and, you know, if you're searching, get involved in my day. Celebrate recovery. You know, um, get involved in a, in a program that you're, if you're hurting, you feel like you're lost. Just reach out. We have a song called uh, Just Reach Out Too. And um, it's just, uh, it's tough sometimes when we're sitting there in our own self to be able to see the direction that God wants us to be in. But as long as we trust in Him, keep our eyes on Jesus, clean our house, that means to help other people or to um, to confess our sins to others and to feel um, companionship and to, and to be um, rid of our things that block us off from Him. And then the other one is just to help others. So trust God, clean house, and help others. And now that, that's a good way to live for me. So that's pretty much uh, what I'd like to say. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks again for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll hook up again sometime in the future. How's that sound? That sounds great, Sean. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you, buddy. 